the biggest thing is like practicing what you preach, you know, and like walking your talk, making sure you're embodying, you know, whatever it is that you're wanting to put out into the world and just doing the, the embodiment work, like really healing your sexuality, coming into your body and being honest with who you are. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. Today on Amplify, I get to talk to Nadine Lee. Nadine is a teacher of the feminine tantric arts, feminine embodiment coach, devoted lover, and sexual liberator. She is the founder of Tantric Alchemy, a platform and community devoted to supporting your rebirth into the woman you came here to be. She has helped thousands of women over the past 15 years to heal sexual trauma and ignite the erotic fire within, and to channel that creative force into their highest creative, feminine, and sexual expression. She offers private mentorships, online programs, and in person workshops and retreats across the world. Nadine and I talk about all sorts of things from masculine and feminine energetics to Tantra, to Kundalini, to spiritual awakening, and so much more. This is such a fascinating episode. All right, Nadine, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I am obviously like my audience knows this is stuff that I have dove into for myself a lot and things that I have been learning. And I'm just so pumped to have you on the show and to really dive into this world of sexuality, sexual expression, all the things even more. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we start off with some rapid fire. So I'm just going to jump on in. And first thing, what is something that you're grateful for right now? I'm grateful for living here in Tulum, amazing yeah. community and artists and beautiful weather, beautiful food. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. What's a guilty pleasure of yours? Mm, probably matcha and chocolate. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Not really that bad. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and yeah, whatever, like those little things. I love that. Yeah. Chocolate every day, basically over yeah. here as well. Mm. What's a random fact that most people wouldn't know about you? That I was like an elite gymnast growing up up okay. until I was 13. <laughs> okay. If you weren't doing what you do now, what has been like a really like fascinating career or job that you've always thought was super interesting, like in an alternate reality, whether or not you have any skills mm. 
or <laughs> anything for it, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty satisfied with what I'm doing, but I feel I would love to have the gift of music, like specifically singing and yeah, like playing a musical instrument. Yeah. Yeah. What did you want to be when you were little? I wanted to be like basically a variation of what I'm doing now. Like I wanted to be either a doctor or a psychiatrist, psychologist. And I feel kind of like in the holistic realm of that. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. What I find with so many of us entrepreneurs is that what we're doing today, like is often so much like some kind of manifestation of whatever that like little Mm -hmm. kid dream was, which I think is kind of like in some ways the point, right? Yeah. Any weird talents or special skills? I mean, I DJ, like that is one expression of music. So yeah, not many people know that about me, but that's like a part-time thing. So I'm really good with music, like selecting music and curating the vibe, but not so much in like creating the music. I'm more like, I have the ear and I know how to dance. So yeah, DJing, vibe curation. Nice. Yeah. When's the last time that you cried? Maybe like a week ago. And last time you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants or did pee your pants. Who knows? <laughs> like today. Yeah. I was watching some <laughs> <Nice>. comedy video. <laughs> I didn't pee my pants. I don't think I've ever peed my pants from yeah. laughing, but <laughs> I don't know that I ever had, but like, you know, the like yeah. feeling like you're going to die from laughing so hard. Okay. Favorite meal salmon just mm. seafood I love all, all seafood mm-hmm. yeah but salmon specifically all right next place that you want to travel to Greece the my friend who I interviewed earlier today same answer yeah it's the popular one right now yeah all right that's all I've got for rapid fire so I would love to hear how you got started in the world of teaching about sensuality of masculine, feminine, energetics, sexuality, Tantra, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So basically from as young as six years old, you know, I was curious about God and his higher purpose and, you know, questioning who God was and I wanted to Mm -hmm. meet him. And at the same time, I was really tapped into my erotic energy from such a young age. And so can you explain what that means or how that looked like very young? Yeah, I was just like very aware of like orgasm, you know, I was like self-pleasuring mm. as young as five years old mm-hmm. and having orgasms and just really like tapped into that energy. And I feel, you know, being so young and very like curious about, you know, these like metaphysical questions and yeah. so linking that with sexuality is really really the tantric path so I believe like I was born to walk this path (laughs) from such a young age like I knew that it's going to be part of my life's journey and then you know when I was I just kind of grew up pretty normal childhood and then when I was 14 I had basically like a spiritual awakening a kundalini awakening which left me it really was a strong rush of energy that blasted over my third eye and my upper chakras and I was in what you would feel like when you take like psychedelics I was in that Mm -hmm. state for about three days and I hadn't taken any psychedelics nothing 
And so that experience really shaped a lot of what I do now because what I experienced was Kundalini awakening, my spiritual energy awakening, and not having the proper foundational, you know, embodiment practices, feeling safe in my body, feeling grounded in my body. So I blasted out and was just disassociated for three days. And then it took, there was like a four or five year period after that where I was experiencing a lot of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, Mm. and disassociations essentially. And it wasn't until I found yoga and meditation in my early 20s that I understood what actually had happened. And it was the first time I actually experienced feeling back in my body fully Mm. and grounded in my body. And from there, I kind of just started opening up to this whole spiritual path and it gave me so much context for you know the questions I was asking my whole life basically and didn't have any answers and then I was working in corporate at the time in marketing and did the whole university thing and then yeah just really quickly got on my path I only lasted like three years in the corporate world and then I opted out and started studying nutrition and counseling and then kind of working with women in that area because I was working with healing, you know, my relationship to my body and to food and body image issues. And what I was noticing within myself was a link with my sexuality and Mm -hmm. my feminine energy. And so I started going on a journey of healing that and attracting a lot of teachers, tantric teachers, men and women, just peering into my field, spiritual teachers, shamans, like we're just magnetized towards me and I was getting so many powerful teachings just effortlessly into my life and it was helping me heal like what happened to me as a 14 year old and also heal sexual trauma that happened Mm -hmm. six years old so Mm -hmm. what I realized was yeah once I started to really look at the core was the relationship with my sexuality that naturally healed you know my relationship to my body and eating disorders and these sort of things and feeling safe in my body. And so that's when I started teaching that, you know, many years later to women, the same, like going to the root cause, reconnecting to the sexuality, reconnecting to your body, to your pleasure, healing sexual traumas, feeling safe in your body. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my work has just kind of evolved from that over the years. Yeah. Can I ask and totally fine, if not like at 14, what that Kundalini awakening experience was yeah like I kind of explained it was just like a rush of energy through my body spontaneously yeah and so it wasn't in like a specific event or okay I didn't know anything about that's wild yeah (laughs) I didn't know anything about yoga or like you know I was living mainstream you know going to a catholic school suburbia life like my parents were open spiritually but not that deep down you Mm -hmm. know so I didn't have any support for what went on and it basically felt like I was, I'd taken, you know, some psychedelic and, you know, when you start to leave your body and you start to kind of like expand your consciousness and you kind of go into another dimension almost. Yeah. And just very spontaneously happened. Yeah. That's fascinating. (laughs) So since really getting an understanding of this kind of work and diving into it more deeply for yourself, and then of course, to be able to teach others help others heal all of that, right? Deep in their own practices. Like what results have you experienced internally 
and externally from deepening this, your practice, your understanding of all this. And obviously, you know, here you say like more connection to spirit, connection with your body, making all the, so many things from your past make more sense. But I'd love to hear like some of, cause like for me, right. I'm former, like so stuck in my masculine, all this kind of stuff and really dove into balancing the energies like five, six years ago or so. But yeah, I would love to hear, like, especially since this has been a journey you've been on and something you've been aware of for so long, like what are the really like, yeah, tangible and intangible things that you experience as a result of diving into this? Yeah. So just feeling safe in my body is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones. And when you feel safe in your body, you know, that level of embodiment kind of translates to everything you do, you know, and how you live life, you know, it's like my decision-making on a day-to-day basis isn't so much from my logical mind. It's Mm -hmm. more what my body is telling me. And that's where deeper wisdom comes through and intuition comes through. Like information will come through that's beyond logic and that's often guiding my life. And that's where so much magic happens, you know, outside of that logical framework. So really trusting my intuition ruthlessly and letting Mm. that be my guiding force in my life, in my business and everything and seeing tangible success from that, you know, because I feel often when we're creating from our mind, it's very limiting Mm -hmm. and it can be, it feels like force and can feel like hustle. Whereas women, we're creating from our body and from our intuition, we might get an insight, just an intuitive hit like something wants to come through and it is, it's like, it's beyond our mind. It's like there's concepts that are flying around in the ethers that want to come through a vessel, a body Mm. to be birthed into this reality. And when that kind of creation gets birthed through someone, that's where you're in that flow state and abundance just flows. So I've always used that as a guiding system in my business, you know, and in life, like if things feel very like forced or hustled or just like clunky it's obviously it just feels not something that's coming from a higher place it feels more like from my ego or from my mind Mm -hmm. so that's been a good guiding system and then you know like sexually and in relationship like being more tapped into the body and into the feminine like deeper pleasure gets activated and deeper orgasms and feeling more empowered when relating to the masculine and Mm -hmm in my feminine, like in the empowered way, not yet defaulting into like unhealthy feminine or into like protection mechanisms, you know? So yeah, it's really influenced every area of my life, business relationships. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What are some of the, like the programs or the programming beliefs that you had, like from growing up or things that were modeled that you really had to like rewire when it comes to sensuality, sexuality, that kind of stuff, like that you maybe didn't realize, but then there was like, Oh wait, this isn't, this is not effective, supportive, whatever, or, and maybe even some that were really supportive. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have so much like conditioning in my family. It was more from school, to be honest. Okay. I went to a all girls Catholic school run by nuns. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's the kind of school my mom went to. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, so it was more shame from the nuns, Mm -hmm. you know, like they were just any sort of expression. Like I remember one day, you know, we were like pulled up our dresses. So they were like, you know, short skirts, like group of friends. And we just got in so much slut shaming, you know, like we were told we were getting, we would end up on the streets and prostitutes and like in the gutter, just like so much shame, just for pulling our skirts up, you know? Yeah. So it was a lot of conditioning through that, that system, that Catholic system. And then, you know, because I was so tapped into, you know, self-pleasure from such a young age, even bringing that to some of the girls at school, you know, in eighth grade, ninth grade, asking them, you know, about their self-pleasure. And a lot of them never self-pleasured and they were actually disgusted by it. And I felt like there was something wrong with me, you know, like, oh, I've been doing this for like six years already and it's the best thing ever, you know. So there was more, it was societal conditioning than yeah, my mom was actually very like open about these things. Like obviously she was protective of me, but like she wasn't like there was wasn't much shame that mm-hmm. she projected on my dad. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Like, yeah, all girls, Catholic school. Like, and that's so interesting you said that because I'm like, I don't know if I ever like until I was like in my 20s or 30s, even like was talking about self-pleasure with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff with boys and stuff like that. But I'm like, I don't know that we like, I'm trying to think if I ever had conversations with friends about that and how that would have gone like in junior high or something. Right. Yeah. So interesting. What would you say are the biggest misconceptions people have about what femininity is or divine feminine is? And then I'm going to ask the masculine as well, but we'll start with feminine. Yeah. I think the main one that comes to mind first is around the feminine just being, you know, like flowy dresses and goddess crowns Mm. and bindis and just kind of like she's just this nice palatable goddess that floats on a lily pad, (laughs) you know, and I feel (laughs) like, but, you know, the truth is like the goddess, the Shakti, you know, that's the feminine energy, you know, that Mm. there's so many different expressions when we look at, the Vedic texts and talk about the faces of Shakti, you know, it's not just Lakshmi. Lakshmi is the goddess of, you know, like I'm talking the lily pad and she's like the sweet one. And it's not just her, there's Durga, there's Kali, there's Saraswati, you know, it's these like more like Durga and Kali are more like darker feminine aspects that Mm -hmm. are ruthless, like the dark Mm -hmm. mother that will slay you to the core of your ego, like slay your ego to the core your soul you know to get to that truth and that's still love and that's still an expression of feminine you know and I feel like there's a lot of denial of those darker feminine aspects in Mm -hmm. just in society in general yeah but when we get into the spiritual it's there's almost like this conditioning even in spirituality that then we have to be like this good spiritual person and always be like love and light and right that like anger and like you know that kind of yeah yeah (laughs) whereas like those emotions are just emotions and when expressed with love you know like you can speak cutting truth to someone with love and Mm -hmm. it's bringing calling them into their highest you know yeah so that's a big one misconception I feel yeah what about with divine masculine or masculinity 
I guess there's a similar theme, you know, around, yeah, like not embracing his primal. It's like just wanting to look at the divine God aspect and kind of figure in the sky of God in a man, but ignoring his primal, you know, mm-hmm. that that aspect of masculinity that is the warrior and is a lot more fierce. I think there's a lot of suppression of that energy in general in masculine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have such a crisis of masculinity, like culturally, right? I know that there's been such a shift of like people being stepping into like divine masculine coaching, feminine coaching, like, you know, I'm a pussy priestess. I'm like all this kind of stuff, which I am curious to hear your thoughts on that because like, I'm part of that too. Right. So I'm like calling myself out in this like more recent wave the last couple of years. And so like, I think in the spiritual entrepreneurship community, like there's some really great things happening that will have an effect more in the collective. But like, I feel like we have such a need for really grounded, aligned, like anchored, healthy masculinity, just like in the world. And I'm curious if you like agree with that or what you kind of feel like with the general pulse of like outside of this, like spirituality healer bubble. Yeah, we definitely have, you know, been reading that testosterone levels are at their lowest in all time. And that's, you know, as a result of many different things like all the soy and just all the chemicals and things and men just really feeling emasculated, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's part of like this agenda almost because when the men are weak, they can't protect the society and fight for truth, you know. So there's been years of agenda that have been governments and religions have been Mm kind of like keeping men suppressed and women. Yeah. So we're really needing, yeah, men to step up into that warrior mode and fight for truth. And it's, I think it's a new definition of the warrior. It's not like with violence, it's more with like that peaceful warrior, you know, that Mm -hmm. just slices to the core. It's like a warrior that's in touch with the heart and protects women, protects the family, protects the community and wants the best for the family and the community at large to evolve into our highest yeah. How do you think like we as women can support men in that? Right. Because I think a lot of this too is interesting, right? Because like, I think, and not that this is going to become a conversation about feminism or anything like that, but I think of course, like in get equal rights for women and that kind of stuff and women being able to do whatever the hell they want with their lives and have, and all of that is amazing and beautiful and all of that. And I think Part of this problem, right, is we're seeing so many women either choosing to be, not realizing they are, or just like being in their masculine energy and then not like men, right, getting kind of like pushed out of the equation or like, we don't need you, like that sort of thing. And so, so yeah, so like there's so many factors, right? But yeah, how can we as women like not do it for them, right? But like in Mm -hmm. our divine feminine right light and dark like how do we support the men in rising up yeah I mean I feel like it's seeing them in their highest you know like Mm -hmm. obviously honoring where they're at but seeing them in their king self you know like holding that vision for them really invites a man to kind of act that way you know if you keep perpetuating and just like expecting for his like boy to come out or immature ways that just like perpetuates 
more of the same. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when there is some massive lack of integrity or something that's like out of alignment, it's really an art of calling him into his highest, you know, and even starting the conversation like that. It's like, are you open to feedback, like to be called into a higher state right now, kind of starting the conversation with that when you're observing something that kind of played out, you know, I think that's a really artful way. And a few men have actually given me that, like brothers, they've shared that that works very well, you know, Mm. in relationship, like when a woman says that, Mm -hmm. like, are you open to feedback to be called into your highest right now? Yeah. You know, maybe it's like, oh, you know, when you are swearing a lot, you know, it kind of just makes me feel like you're not respecting like me as a woman, you know, whatever it is, like, yeah, just using the example. And he open to shift that and seeing if he's open and available for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that shift of like, not emasculating as if like the mother to the little boy, right. It's the like, no, like I see you in your King. So like, I want to help like elevate you to that, that place, you know, and support you in that way. Yeah. I think such a powerful distinction. And I'm curious to hear you do a ton of work with women, obviously mentorship. You have so many programs, you have retreats, you've got a program for men coming out like what I think next week. So by the time this comes, this episode comes out, it'll be out into the world, but work with men as well. What do women, like, what is the main theme that women come to you for support with, or the like main concerns women are coming to you with? Usually it is a disconnection from their femininity, you know, and that manifests as, yeah, just not satisfied sexually. They're not really feeling pleasure. They're not feeling turned on. They're not feeling like creatively inspired. So that's usually manifestations of disconnection from the feminine. Yeah. And also the other end of the spectrum is learning to integrate like a lot of women come that have got a lot of feminine energy but they don't know how to channel that energy into Mm. what they want to create and birth Mm -hmm. so I kind of like doula (laughs) yeah the birthing process of whatever they're wanting to create in this lifetime or even just in this phase of their life you know so really helping them anchor whatever is wanting to birth through them into mm-hmm. reality, like not just having it as an idea, it's like actually birth it. Yeah. And so that's kind of working with the womb portal. So mm-hmm. that's really the core of my work. And yeah, I help women birth projects, their businesses, and also birth babies. Like so many women come wanting that, that side of birthing and the feminine journey. And so many women have gotten pregnant after working with me. <laughs> Beautiful. That's really beautiful. What are some of your favorite embodiment practices? I really love dancing. That's my everyday yes. ritual and just drops me straight into my body. I love music. Like I said, I DJ. So I like have so many like libraries of epic music. Yeah. Just to really get me into the frequency that I want to tap into through the music. And then one of the tantric practices that I love is the jade egg practice. So that's been kind of consistent in my life for probably the past like five years. So mm-hmm. I do that maybe once every two weeks. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about what that entails? 
Yeah, so the Jade Egg practice, it's from the Taoist Tantric lineage. And basically what it is, is a little egg, a jade, nephrite mm-hmm. jade crystal egg that is a practice that dates back 2,000 years into ancient China. And it was practiced mainly by queens and concubines to harness their sexual energy. Mm. And they would use this egg and put it inside of their vagina and do certain breathing practices and pelvic floor toning practices. And what it did was tone the pelvic floor. And when your pelvic floor is toned, like that starts to circulate your sexual energy through your body. So it's not leaking out. It's like there's like an energetic seal Mm -hmm. in your pelvis area. And so that pulls your sexual energy up and circulates it through your body. And that's when you experience, you know, more vitality, more creativity, more orgasmic potential, all these things. So it's just such a powerful practice for that reason. And it also just really grounds me into my body and into Mm -hmm my power center, my yoni, you know, Mm -hmm. my womb, just by bringing full awareness to the yoni and it's like self-love and self-pleasure practice as well. I feel like being very intimate with myself and it's one of my favorite practices to guide women through as well. Yeah. Ritual. Yeah. As you're saying, I'm like, I don't do anything like, yes, self-pleasure practice, like absolutely. But I'm like, I don't do anything like that. I'm like, we're adding it to the list for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and now I'm like getting distracted. I'm like, okay, like, you know, by X, Y, Z, right. <laughs> so something we talked about a little bit before we hit record was the, you know, what is sovereign sexuality, sex, God, sex priestess, that kind of stuff. I would love for you to speak into what will first, like, how do you define those terms, sex, God, sex, priestess, sovereign sexuality, all of that kind of stuff. and mm. then you know, I'll I'll stop there. (laughs) One question at a time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I see. So, you know, I've been working with this sex priestess archetype and run courses on it and wrote a book on it. It's coming out Mm -hmm. soon Mm -hmm. for the the women. And recently just landed the sex God archetype for the men. (laughs) And I feel it's like two of the same kind of expressions of the same thing. So for men and women, it's like, to me, it feels like someone who has integrated yeah so the sexual piece and then that kind of divinity piece so Mm -hmm. it's the merging of the sex and the divine those two you know the the lowest chakra and the highest chakra merging those two energies in the heart space which is yoga is tantra it's the union of opposites so it's merging duality coming into the heart living from the heart and also someone who has mastered their sexual energy and is really using it for its true purpose which is spiritual awakening and living your dharma and unleashing your full creativity and potential as a human Mm -hmm. and being in full sexual sovereignty so taking that journey into the feminine the dark masculine owning the sexual shadows exploring them and alchemizing them so we can actually be in sexual integrity you know and self-sourcing our sexuality not having to like look outside to get validation for our sexuality so that's what it feels like for me the definition of both that's really the essence behind both of the these programs Mm -hmm. has there been for you like any imposter syndrome around 
teaching men on this stuff. I'm just curious about that. <laughs> Cause I'm not a guy. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I wonder if that's come up for you at all. Cause I work with a lot of men too. And a lot of men, like men who ask a lot of questions about this kind of stuff as well. And like, for me, I'm like, no, like, I don't feel any weirdness about that. Like, I'm not going to necessarily tell a man how to be a man. Right. Like, yeah. but I'm like, no, I can share it from my perspective. So I was just curious, like if that's ever come up in any way. Yeah, no. And that's what I make really clear. You know, when I offer men stuff, it's like, this is not a course to teach you how to be a man. Right. This is essentially, if you want to learn the ways of, you know, like the lover archetype and mm. the tantric ways men have for centuries gone to a, a woman to learn to learn how to make love to a woman you have to learn that from a woman you don't learn right. that from a guy so and to heal your relationship to the feminine it has to be done with a woman you know like I would never go to a woman to heal my masculine wounds like I've always mm-hmm. hired men to work with that because it's like you know, it's that go right to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That polarity. So it's really a specific thing that we're working with. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So actually before we, I switch gears. So you mentioned it, you have a book coming out in about a month. So likely when this comes out, it'll be out in the world, if not like ready to be out in the world, like very soon. So sex priestess, like Tell us a little bit about the book and like the process of creating that, because I mean, it's on my list one day and I have friends who've written books, but I know that it's such an undertaking. Yeah. I mean, I was really clear. I wanted, because I had a lot of people project, you know, their struggles around book writing, that it was just like painful process and took them like seven years. I was super clear. Like, I want this to be an orgasmic birth, (laughs) birthing of this book. And easeful and obviously, you know, like I came up against challenges, but I just literally last year, my Instagram got deleted. I had a Mm -hmm. big following of 65,000, you know, all original. Mm -hmm. I got deleted and that actually gave me like the fire to actually write the book because I'd been wanting to do it for a few years. But when that happened, I was like, okay, I want to now create something that can't be like you know, just, yeah. just deleted like that. It's like with the push of a button. Yeah. Yeah. And all my writing, like on my Instagram oh. was basically the book. <laughs> so really catapulted me to give me the fire to do it. And I just literally, it was low season in Tulum. So I rented this beautiful apartment and just allocated three months to open myself up. I didn't have any clients at the time, no programs. And I just wrote every day and slowly just organically over three months just wrote it and that was like June last year so that's beautiful I wrote it and then you know we've been doing some editing process and now we're in like phase of publishing it so yeah it's basically been my journey the book is about my journey and what has inspired and helped me on my path of becoming sex priestess you know and obviously it's still evolving and it's kind of like a part memoir part health self-help so it's like a roadmap for women to really start their own journey into reclaiming their power their sexuality and their feminine embodiment and yeah I share a lot of like real life things like my sexual trauma like 
certain aspects of exploring my dark feminine and just like real life stuff is in there as well as teaching. So it's a journey. Beautiful. Congratulations. That's huge. That's huge. That's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So I, (laughs) you have a video on your Instagram that like spiritual people, if they're being honest on a first date sort of thing, (laughs) which is so good. It's so good. And it's just like, gosh, I feel like it's interesting because the like spiritual fuck boy or the spiritual fuck girl, I don't know if that's the equivalent saying of it. Like that's still like, just because people are in the consciousness space and stuff like that, there's still like bullshit to sift through. Right. And, but yeah, but that video is hilarious, but I would love to kind of chat a little bit about like those, I mean, I guess, is it like calling it like X or just some of that, like it is very trendy right now in the coaching space, in the entrepreneurship space, spirituality space to be like teaching about diving into sensuality, sexuality, polarity, all of these things, which on the one hand, amazing, right? Because more awareness, more healing, more self-expression, expansion, all of that. And right. Like when that stuff is done really superficially, not good, you know, or like people don't have a depth of understanding. So I'd love to kind of hear your opinions, feelings, thoughts on like that big shift with so many people getting into this kind of work or getting into this kind of space. And then just like what, how it's playing out, like in the dating world and all that. I know that was like five different questions at you, but like, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're approaching anything like with wounds, you know, you can really like, I think, yeah, one of the things when I was reenacting the guy, it was like, you know, now that I'm a self-proclaimed polarity coach, I now have a framework that allows me to be chauvinistic and just control you because you can take those teachings like, and use that as like some sort of Bible that allows you as a man to like, oh, you need to always be surrendering to me because that's what our polarity doctrine tells us. And if the man has like unresolved wounds and like control issues and like fear of the feminine and maybe his mother was controlling. So it's now like, Ooh, now I can like finally get control over women and use polarity teachings to justify it. You know, like you can easily just slip into those roles and use the teachings for your own (laughs) benefit. So I think it's, that's why I made the video because it was just kind of like highlighting that and taking piss out of it. Yeah. Like I, wasn't dating, but like had a man interested in me. There was like, you know, a mutual friend like, Hey, you guys should come sort of thing. And so like some conversations, that sort of thing never ended up like going on a date or anything. It wasn't a yes for me, but seemed like a good guy, all that kind of stuff, but had done, does work in masculinity, that kind of stuff. And had been on like a big, like feminine fast and had done a lot of work to get more in touch with and to heal his feminine, which is beautiful. And like, I think a beautiful thing that he dove into for himself, but one of like the early conversation, it was so like, oh, I'm so in tune with my feminine and being a safe space for the feminine and all that. Like that. I was like, no, you actually are only in your feminine, like is what I'm experienced. Right. Like, but then also like, even to the point of like asking me like, oh, well, how often do you want me to text you or call you? I'm like, no, now we're just getting like, no, like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) So yeah. So seeing how these things can, I mean, Yeah. Like, and not to say it was like manipulative or anything like that. Who knows? I didn't like, didn't play it out or anything like that, but yeah, seeing some of these things, I'm like, 
is this being a safe space for the feminine or is like, what is this? Right. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, I don't know, just being humans is a a fun journey. Right. (laughs) So yeah. And curious to hear your perspective on the shift for so many in online space, entrepreneurship space into this kind of work and like what your thoughts are on that and like unfiltered, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I think a lot of people see someone that has done something and it's created success for them. And they think, oh, if I do that, then I'll just be as successful Mm -hmm. as that person. And it's almost like that's, I feel that's happened. A lot of people just jumping on the bandwagon, you know, and there's a lot of just like regurgitation of these doctrines, especially around the polarity stuff. It's just like the same thing that everyone's sharing. And I don't know if it's necessarily embodied or like you literally can just copy and paste like the same. Can you give some examples for that? Because I would love to like expand education around this on the stuff that's like, yeah, stuff like any trends or things that you're seeing that may not be helpful or yeah. Yeah. Well, just that, that the man should always be like in control and leading. And I think, yes, I get that. But there's a lot of women, I think, take that, interpret that very literally. And then they Mm. kind of think that they're not meant to have a voice or any opinion because, oh, he's got to make all my decisions for me now. So it's like people will just interpret things however they want. And I think a lot of men teach this stuff do really like that teaching because it means they get to be always like in control. Yeah. (laughs) And also this assumption that women should surrender to them just by default. No matter what, because yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're a man and it's like, no, like as a woman, like (laughs) that takes time to build trust and like, you know, just automatically surrender to someone just because they're a man. It's like, that takes time and discernment and earned. Yeah. So that's a big thing. And that this thing around like the feminine, this teaching that I see going around a lot, that the feminine is always yearning. Like we're always in desperation. Hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't actually experience that as a woman. You know, I'm not always looking and yearning for something that's not here, like that we're empty and we need to be filled. That's the kind of, that I'm understanding from it, that we are nothing without the man. And we're always like yearning for him and like, desperation and just like I don't know it just it doesn't make I don't personally experience I experience like longing for my beloved in that way but it's not like yeah it's just different and how some women teach that it seems very strange to me like that's all their life like there's a teaching that the women are just only satisfied by relationship and men are only satisfied when they're in their mission And Mm. I've spoken to so many women and that's not actually true. Like, yeah, like I want amazing relationship, but I also have my creativity and my mission, you know, like if I didn't have that, like, and I wouldn't be satisfied with just a relationship in my life. Like there's so many other aspects of my being. Like taking polarity and then making it literal and like only seeing things in polarity and like, Oh, there are only black and white options, only two options, like not the gradients and the spectrum. Yeah. And I think some of it can be really culty and like dogmatic almost. Yeah. It's like woman has to be like this man has to be like this. And it's like, Whoa, this feels so confining. 
to my being yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you know and for him like there's so many different aspects that are available to us mm-hmm. that putting us into a rigid box is just so limiting <laughs> right yeah exactly and like polarity right doesn't mean either or black and white right it's the poles are the opposite ends of a spectrum right which doesn't mean opposites right like it's yeah we're on the same page with that shades of gray nuance all that kind of stuff so we're coming right on to time I would love for you to share where how people can work with you the best way to connect with you obviously the book is coming out in about a month so yeah so tell us all the goods how everyone can connect you with you find you experience your work all the things yeah so first place would be my Instagram it's um at tantric alchemy official and then my website is www.tantricalchemy.net and on the website you know you'll find online courses that Mm -hmm. are self-paced for men and women and that's where I update all my live programs that put out and I also have one-on-one clients just a few at a time and yeah the book will be out in about a month so the link will be on Amazon for that and from that, I'm going to be taking doing the first book launch party in Tulum in either March or April, just depends on timing. So if you want to fly into Tulum, Mexico for that, then we'd love to like yeah. have you there. That's party. That <laughs> sounds amazing. Be, yeah, and it's going to be like a full temple experience. Incredible. Not just regular book launch. It's going to be like performing artists, like mm. sexy DJs and just like deep, experience of the liberated feminine you know in her fullest mm-hmm. expression mm-hmm. men and women are all invited it's yeah it's amazing and last question so this show amplify is so much about designed to support people in really like owning their truth becoming even more who they are living fully expressed living as the most aligned authentic abundant version of them and so i would love it if you have like a quote, a little like word of wisdom, a a question you like to ask yourself, just some sort of like, yeah, parting mic drop thing to support people in really like living their most amplified life and living as the most like fully alive version of themselves. Yeah. I mean, I just feel the biggest thing is like practicing what you preach, you know, and like walking your talk, like mm. in body, making sure you're in bodying you know whatever it is that you're wanting to put out into the world and yeah just doing the the embodiment work like really healing your sexuality coming into your body and being honest with who you are just accepting that yeah (laughs) I don't know if that's like yeah (laughs) no I love that and something if I can mirror back to you in like in a minute like this is so for everyone listening in like this is our first conversation. And so something that I've witnessed from you just in this conversation, like I can tell that, you know, so clearly who you are and it very much seems like you've known that for a long time. And even just hearing you talk about like childhood and growing up and diving into this work, like I can see that integrity and embodiment so clearly, and it's really beautiful to witness. So thank you for that, I guess. Thank you. No problem. And thank you for joining us. I know that, yeah, this is awesome. So thank you so much. And 
Yeah, everyone, be sure to check out Nadine on Instagram, get a copy of the book, dive into her work, all of that. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic. Yeah.